joining us. Without their effort and their guidance, I wouldn't be who I am. My father is a musician. He's a guitar player, and you know, we grew, I grew up in the house of him tuning his guitar and playing at church. So that's where the blessing comes from. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I started attending Trinity in the month of January. Um, I attended a, a, a local church here in the, in the region. And uh, I was there since I was 11. I, I served in the worship ministry since I was 11 years old. And um, it's just been part of my life. Amen. So um, I want to thank you because you offer love and support in a time that my family and I really needed it. You opened your arms and you welcomed. You welcomed us into your house, which we now call our home. Amen. So I want to thank all of you, all of you, for greeting us and welcoming us. Pastor David invited me to play in the month of December, a month before uh, I was due. And never once did I see a look of, who is this guy? Instead, I saw a look of welcome. Thank you for worshiping with us. And that's a big thing to say about a church. We're a loving church. So thank you for your love and support. Amen. Uh, our topic for today is, as we've been talking about, we the church. And uh, my topic today is empowered. And first I want to ask does anyone know what what it means to be empowered? Anybody have uh, any idea? Any suggestions? We can we can talk. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, bro. Yes. Yes. Both of those are correct. Um. To be empowered is to give someone the authority to do something or the authority over something. Amen? So before we dive into that, into what the power means, let's first find out who this power comes from. Excuse me. I love reading Genesis. I read it constantly. Why? Because it's, it's the essence of what God's plan was for us. And our first note is God the creator, the powerful creator. Genesis 1 shows the amazing creative power of God. We won't read the whole verse, but I'm going to read a couple of verses. Genesis 1, 1 to 5, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. 
God called the light day and the darkness night. And the evening passed and came, and morning came, making the first day. We're going to skip to verse 9. Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. So God called the dry land and the water cease. And God saw that it was good. Verse number 1, 17, I mean chapter 1, 14 to 17. Then God said, said, let the lights appear in the sky. Separate the day from the light. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days and years. That these, let these lights in the sky shine down on earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights. The larger one to govern the day. And the smaller one to cover the night. And this, this part always gets me. And he says, he also made the stars. All those billions of stars. It just phrases as, he also made the stars. I want you to close your eyes for a second. And listen to these verses. And just imagine that power of creation happening instantly as he speaks. out the wonder of light and as you speak a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath planets form the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you made. Every burning heart star, a single fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. We, his intimate design. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish and the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and the wild, wild animals on the earth. And the small animals that scurry along the ground. Genesis 2, 7 and 8 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a, li a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden of, in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man that he made. 
When God said, let us make men, it shows that God had a different plan for humanity. We weren't going to be like the rest of the creation. The rest of creation was made by his words. He said, I will take my time, come down to earth, and form my special creation with my own hands. Charles Swindle says in one of his commentaries, when God said, let us make human beings in our image, he was saying, see, he was saying in effect, humanity will be unlike anything I have ever created. No other being has the heart to love me. No other being has the mind to know me or a will to obey me. Nothing else in all of creation has a destiny of eternity like these creatures will have. I will make humans distinct. They will have the image of God stamped on them. Only, only they will have the capacity within them to love, to know, and to obey me. Now, you may ask, why such focus on the beginning in creation? And like I said earlier, it is where God shows us and we learn his intentions for us. Not only as humans, but as this church. It is where where our identity as God's special creation was given to us. But also where the identity was stolen from us. You see, if we don't recognize that our, our God has a purpose for us, that he intentionally, intentionally created us the way that we are for a reason, then we will never fully be empowered according to his will. The world tells us, the word tells us in the word tells us that we're wonderfully made, and he knows everything about us. Let's go to Psalms one thirty nine. 139, if you don't mind, I'll read the verse. O Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, where I stand up. You know where my thoughts, you, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see, you see me when I travel. And when I rest at home, you know what I'm doing? You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessings on my head. Such knowledge is too, too much wonderful for me. Too wonderful for me. Too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are here. You are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I I ride in the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest ocean, farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me. And your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. 
But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night it shines as bright as a day, and darkness and light are the same to you. You made, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully and complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven, woven together in the dark of the womb, in the darkness of the womb. You saw me, you saw me even before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. You see, if we recognize that, like I said before, we have a creator and we have a purpose. Society teaches us nowadays that we were created by a big bang and that through time, chemicals mixed together in a pool and by chance, the right chemicals mixed at the right time and the right amount. And by Another accident, and by chance, some sort of power sparked life into these chemicals. Really? They mock us because of our faith? You need to have faith to believe something like that, amen? The whole point of this big lie, and it's probably one of the biggest lies being taught today, is that it takes away the Creator. It takes the Creator out of the picture. And with no creator, we have no design. We have no purpose, no right or wrong, no repercussion, no judge, no judgment. No wonder we're seeing humanity and our society in such hopelessness. We have no eternal, eternal purpose, no eternal hope, amen? Amen. Now, the, the world will tell us, change this, change that, fix this, fix that, tuck this, cut that. God says, come as you are. The world says you're not good enough. God says you're precious and you're mine. The world says you don't deserve to be happy. Jesus says, I give you my eternal joy. The world says you're filthy and worthless. But God says, I washed you with my blood. And you're priceless. What does all of this have to do with being empowered? And I keep repeating this, but once we recognize that in our weakness, He is our strength, that through our failures, He brings victory, that in our sorrow, He brings joy, that in our storms, He brings peace, to our wounds, He brings healing, and to our brokenness, 
He brings restoration. We finally realize that we are loved. And that is the key. That is the, where the power lays God's love. God's love for you, God's love for me, God's love for our neighbor, God's love for our family, no matter what, God loved humanity so much. God created us because He loved us. He clothed us, he clothed us in our nakedness because He loved us. He set a nation aside when He called Abraham because He loved us. He gave us His commandments because He loved us. He was born in a manger because He loved us. He lived a humble life and a sinless life because He loved us. He died on the cross because He loved us. He rose victoriously on the third day because He loves us. He left us His Holy Spirit because He loves us. He promised His return because He loves us. And we will spend eternity with Him. Why? Because He loves us. We the church are empowered by God's love. We're empowered to reach the world, to preach to the nations, to set the captive free. Why? Because God loved them too. Love empowers us to stand for what is right. It empowers us to protect the weak and the fragile, to feed the hungry. God empowers us to forgive He empowers us to heal the wounded and to love one another. I will ask the band to please come up. I want to read I want to read these lyrics to you. And this this is where The message for today was based. It says, You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I'm falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I believe. I don't know why God gave me this word. I had a different message prepared. But he, last night, he just wouldn't leave me alone. He kept coming to God's love. We say God is love a lot, but do we know that He loves us? Do we truly know how much He loves us? Through, whole, through scriptures, we see from beginning to end God's love. The scriptures are a love letter 
to us, to the church. Anything that you're going through, you'll find the answer right here. Even though we may not understand it sometimes. If we can just hold to that hope and those words, God loves me. God is love and He's in me. And if He is in me, then I must love too. When we understand that, church, we become empowered by His Spirit. You can just close your eyes. And I would like at this moment, if, if anyone needs time of prayer, we can come to the front and pray together. And as a church, love, spread God's love to one another. And just pray for one another.